Warning. This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous Podcast. <clears throat> what's going on with you, bro? Can't call it, man. Just another day trying to make it through these holidays, man. I'm telling you. I know everybody is all joyful. Everybody all happy, smiles and all this shit. Man, fuck all that, man. Too many <laughs> damn pa- too many damn packages on these trucks, man. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Hey, boy, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I ain't going to be the crash, though, man. Um, but how you feeling, man? Everything good? Man, everything is amazing, man. So my first NFT. Um, That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Steady learning about that and, and you know what I'm saying, taking it step by step. But everything going great, bro. That's good, man. Congratulations, man. Appreciate it, man. You know, because uh, it's, it's – uh, we were just talking off air, man. It's, it's it's a tough thing to learn, tough thing to figure out. But you got to stay – maybe not ahead of the game. Well, I mm-hmm. think right now it's just a it's just a fact of having your foot in the game. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing right now. I was just having a conversation with a guy. Uh, a matter of fact, it was yesterday. Um, this guy who was just he was just talking Bitcoin and crypto and, and all this type of stuff and how. You know, he was trying. He was trying to get into the the AMC and GameStop game, and oh man, you yeah. know. So, it, like, literally, just talking about this with somebody yesterday, man. So, and I was just telling him, I was like, I got, you know, I was like, obviously, it's not a lot, but I said, you know, I I got my foot in the door when it comes to Bitcoin. He was like, look, man, as long as you in the game, you in the game. So mm-hmm. that's the whole thing, man. But, that's a uh, fact. Yeah, but congrats, but definitely congratulations, man. That's what's up. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. But let me tell you something. This movie today, <laughs> flat out classic, man. Listen, I get on this podcast. I know, like, well, this is a fourth. Yeah, this is our fourth one, our fourth Christmas movie uh, for yeah. the month of October. October, uh, December. Um, we didn't really officially give it a name, but let's just say we're doing Christmas movies this month. This is the fourth installment of it, and this movie is definitely one of my like favorite holiday movies that there are. Well, if we say holiday now, technically, because Halloween is a holiday, so you know Halloween is going to go before it. But that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other conversation. But this movie, man, like I was sitting here thinking about this today. I was like, how can I even? It's hard to even give a synopsis, but but man, when you when you're talking about this Christmas, man, I mean the cast is the cast is amazing. Yeah. Like amazing. You got Regina King, Columbus Short, uh Delray uh Lindo, you got mm-hmm. Idris Alba, you got uh, the great Lavetta uh, Divine, Chris Brown, Keith um, D. Robinson. If y'all don't know him, he was the dude that was in uh, Dream Girls. Because um, I kept looking at him, I was like, I know him, man. Like I know, I know him. 
And that's what it was. He was in Dream Girls. Mm-hmm. He was Effie's brother. But anyway, yeah. you got Laz Alonzo. You got uh, Sharon Neal, who also, uh, well, Leo, who also was in Dream Girls as well. Um, Lauren London. She was in this one. Jessica uh, Strump. You got Makai Pfeiffer, David Banner, Ricky Harris. Like, there's so many noticeable faces in this. Like yeah. that's what that's what makes it great. Like I love seeing like a cast where everybody is noticeable. Where everybody's like, now don't get me wrong. Like when when it comes to people who actually was a lead in a movie, mm-hmm. I mean, you got Regina King. Columbus Short has done it. It's, it's kind of fell off for different reasons, but anyway, uh, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Me and you talked about how Loretta Devine has the capability of doing it. Right. She hasn't had a lot of it in her career, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, Laz Alonzo, he, I mean, he, he, he did a he did a uh, lead role. Yeah, so it's, it's like yeah, these Jerry people Lindo got the, did one. Um, oh yeah, of course he did. Um, Chris Brown did one. Um, what movie he was lead in? In Takers, that was the lead role. I mean, if you want to call it a lead, I don't know. If to me, to me, I look at them all as lead role. I mean, I know it was mainly Paul and and Idris, but to me, I yeah. look at all of them like lead roles. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, I think Lauren London did a movie where she was in a lead role. I mean, the only thing I can think of, she had a lot of running time with ATL. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think that was that was Ti and in his group in that one. But I mean, Makai Pfeiffer, he done had one. Oh yeah, of course. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, it's a it's a group of them, man. It's a group of them. Yeah, it it definitely is, man. So, <laughs> but my my thing is like, I mean, really, I mean, <laughs> the synopsis is really all it is is. Every everybody has their own individual lives going on, but everybody mm-hmm. always makes it back for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Right. To the to the to the big house. Let's call it the big house. Everybody come home to mom's house for Christmas or whatever. And there's so many individual stories with everybody because, like I say, everybody got their own life. So it's like, and then getting everybody back together. And the the key thing about it was Quentin. You know what I'm saying, which was played by Idris Elba, like because he was the oldest and he was the one that was most resentful and the most resented because of his lifestyle that he chose to do. He basically ended up following the same thing that his father did, mm-hmm. and his mother blames his father for doing the same thing. But it's kind of hard when you is because if I'm not mistaken, he's a junior. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a junior, so you know, so there, there's a lot that look. <laughs> That's I'm a, trying to think. That was actually okay. a um, <clears throat> excuse me. That was actually an interesting um, an interesting storyline that they put in there because it wasn't more so that um she blamed him for that. I think it was more so because his dad was. You know what I'm saying? Always out and always on the road with you know what I'm saying with the band and 
You know what I mean? Like it kind of took him away, not just from the family, but you know what I'm saying? She she lost her, you know what I'm saying, her husband and you know what I'm saying? The the kids lost the dad. And you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was more so, I think so that like he loved it seemed like he loved music more so than he did her and the family. When we know that's probably not true, it's just the fact that that's probably what he was doing to make sure, you know what I'm saying, like they I, got it. You know what I'm saying? Bye. I don't know, man, because the, the way the way I took it mm-hmm. was it wasn't that he was in and out. It was just basically he went to the UK and just never came back. Like he just always stayed on the road. It's like to yeah. me, it sounded like he I hate to use the word abandoned, but I mean it's kind of what it was. Like he kind of abandoned his family to do his music. Mm-hmm. But she also made the point to say. If he would have stayed, it would have killed him, and he would have exactly. resented everybody for it. Exactly. And she also, uh, who I'm talking about is uh, uh, Medea. Like mm-hmm. she made the point to say that some men aren't built to be like fathers and stay at home husbands. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that she was necessarily giving him an excuse. She was just kind of giving him an out. But well, I don't even I don't even think she was just giving him out. I think that like I said, she she understood, you know what I'm saying, what he was going through. It was the fact that not only did he love his music, like yo, this is how he was taking care of the family too. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure she wasn't working. She owned the cleaners. She worked at the cleaners, remember? How you think she got the cleaners money, man? Yeah, I mean she probably got that from him. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like what I mean. So- I mean, like that's the re- you know what I mean, like, and then you got to remember, like that's a they they are old school too. So like he probably done, he probably done went on the road, you know, saying hit it big, made some money. They finally got a chance to go tour, you know, saying overseas, and then that happened, and then now you know what I'm saying he done bought bought the family cleaner. She done, you know, what I'm saying took over the business and everything, and <clears throat> excuse me, and so. You know what I'm saying? Not only is she running the business, you know what I'm saying? She at home taking care of the kids. But then you also got to remember, like, you know what I'm saying? He out on the road still doing his thing, and he's still taking care of them at the same time. I mean, to me, that's just the way I took it. So, you know what I'm saying? With um, with uh, Quentin growing up, you know what I'm saying? He, of course, you know what I'm saying, being the oldest, he probably seen more of their dad than anybody else did. That's, that's the biggest thing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, him being around him, being around that music and everything else, of course he's going to have an affinity for it. But my thing is, the reason I said in and out is because he had a, they had all them damn kids. I think that because, I mean, when you think about the age difference, because Baby was probably, like, in this movie, he was probably, like, He was still in high school, wasn't he? He was still in high school, so he was, That's like, 17, saying, yeah. 18. So Quentin probably had to be almost 30. Yeah, exactly. But this is the thing, though. This is the key part. And this is what really, I, this is what really fucked me up. Because I was trying to think think about the timetable here. Mm-hmm. You remember when, when Mo and Dude was beating up Quentin in the bathroom, right? Yeah. At, the tra- at the train station. And he came in there, stopped the fight or whatever. And uh, so basically, the point that I'm getting to is he was like, you, uh, he was like, I knew when uh, what's the name and Benny uh, was, you know, planning to beat you up in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I was like, hold on, 
So Joe been around since he was in the sixth grade. So it's like, how could he be in and out? Because if he's in the sixth grade, so you are no, that's right. Because sixth grade, you about this. Come on, my son. Now he's twelve. He's going on twelve. So him and baby could have like a twelve, uh, at least a ten year age difference. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's more like twenty seven or twenty eight in this. Yeah, probably. probably. So it's it's it's. I was tr- I was really it, it boggled my mind because I was like, you've been around that long, but I think that. Even even as a 11, 12 year old, I still think that with him being a junior mm-hmm. and him having an affinity for music the way that he did, mm-hmm. I think that that's why he resented Joe as much as he did because he was like, hey, yo, because remember all the sisters was talking about, he's the one that think that senior's going to pop back up. Like he just exactly. going to pick up where he left off. And it's like, mm-hmm. and then she also held it from the whole family that uh, that she actually got a divorce, right? And I I, I want to stay on the different thing. Like, I mean, look, a, a mother is a mother, right? Like, and I always tell people there's no handbook to being a parent. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that the one thing that I didn't like, but about what she did, but I get it, I get it now, is the fact of. Senior went, did music, basically never came back. Mm-hmm. Quentin went to go do music. She never really seen him. That was his first time coming home in four years. Right. So now you got Baby that is a singer, and he wants to be a singer, but he's afraid to tell his mom. Exactly. And it's like, I don't think that she should hold that against her kids to the point where her kids don't, well, Quentin didn't care. Like, he was going to do music regardless. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was just the fact of for that to happen to her husband and her oldest son, for her not to want that to happen with her other sons either, which was kind of crazy. Well, because this is what I didn't understand about it, was all of her kids were out of the house, living in different areas, doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the other boy was in the military. Mm-hmm. So, how often is he home? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, okay, so, like, this is the thing, right? And this is why I say that I, I understood the, um, the only reason, the, the, I mean, not the only reason, but this is why I said I understood it, because it, it wasn't the fact that he was doing music. That wasn't the issue. It was the fact that, and it, it really wasn't even the fact that he went on tour, right? It was the mm-hmm. fact that she felt like the music was over her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she felt like he loved music more than he loved her. And that's yeah. what it was. That's that's the real issue at hand. It's not the fact that he does music or you know what I'm saying, like or the tour thing or whatever the case may be. It's the fact that she felt like she wasn't the top priority. So when Junior started doing music, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then those, I'm sure at the time, those feelings pop back up, and it's like, oh, he gonna do the same thing his dad did to me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then you know what I'm saying, he not gonna love me as much as he loves his music, and then you know what I'm saying. So you can imagine just how much she kept that away from everybody else, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially baby, like him being Chris Brown, she don't know what this man is about to amount to, 
<laughs> this nigga's about to be a superstar. Hey, but you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but but it was that was a a, a great diamond. I think the uh, hold on, I don't want to sell them short. I just saw it. Um, Preston A. Uh, Whitmore the second. Mm-hmm. The writing job he did on this was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. Um, because I, I think that that was a great storyline to add in there, um, and to. Dude, listen. <laughs> it was a part, man. Like I say, every time you watch something, man, you pick mm-hmm. up on something. You pick up on something new. So it's I think I'm pretty sure I heard it, but like this time, it was just more funny, man. Loretta Divine is a, a, a whole time, a all time legend, man. So all right, right. So they was all in the kitchen, and this is when um this is when I think when they first brought like this is when Claude got locked up, and they brought Sandy. They brought Sandy home. Yeah, and so she was like, "Uh, she told kept no, no, no. This was another time. This is um because that's what she told her to cook. Mm -hmm. And it was it was another time where uh she told (laughs) Kelly." Kelly uh tried to make something. She was like, no. She Everybody said, was like, no. They were like, no. She was like, what you gonna make some Kool-Aid? She was like, you need some help with that? She was like, sugar and water. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, well, I was like, oh my God. I like, for some odd reason, that part always went over my head. Like, I never really heard it. And it was just so funny. When I watched it last night, she was like, you need help with that? Sugar and water. Sugar and mm-hmm. water. Hey, but that was our time, man. The uh, I keep wanting to call her Della Reese. Loretta Devine, man, is is oh man, she's in yeah, the Hall she of Fame. The, she the truth. The Hall of Fame of mothers, man. Um, but okay, right. So mm-hmm. let's talk about let's like let's give some girls attention here. Like okay. we we've been on the dude. So the dynamic between Kelly and Lisa. Mm-hmm. So they the two oldest girls. So right. there's always gonna be, you know what I mean? Yeah, some tension with the Thanks. girls. But the, the the reason why they got the tension is because Lisa holds resentment over Kelly because Lisa chose to two things. She got pregnant early and she got married, started raising her kids. And the other thing is she felt that the responsible thing to do was to stay home. And help her mom with the cleaners. Mm-hmm. But I think that for some odd reason, she thought that Kelly wouldn't go to college because she chose to stay home. So it was like, so they had this resentment there. And then Kelly had a resentment with her because it's like, why every time somebody say something, you always bring up what you do. Okay. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do this. All right. I'm going to let you finish, but I'm ready to do this. Okay. And so, like, the thing is, Kelly had, not Kelly. Lisa had brought up a good point. She was like, when Mm -hmm. I look at my priority list, I'm way at the bottom. Mm -hmm. That was a great thing. And then she was like, you know, she told Kelly and she said that she was selfish. And Kelly was like, yeah, I'm selfish. Like, I did what I wanted to do, but you could have done what you wanted to do too. Mm -hmm. You just made the decision to stay. Mm -hmm. And you can't take it out on all of us because your life didn't end up where you wanted it to be type Mm -hmm. of thing. So, like, they had this thing, but even at the end of the day, they had that sister bond. Because Lisa, Lisa, I mean, not Lisa, but Kelly knew 
that old dude was cheating on Lisa. Mm -hmm. And she always, it seemed like she always, yeah, she never, she she never fucked with him. Like from the whole beginning, Malcolm, she never fucked with Malcolm. Mm -hmm. And that was that, that sister love, because at the end of the day, like, even though we might have a little beef here and there, like you still my sister and I want the best for you at the end of the day. So you seemed excited, man. Give it to me. Okay, so this is one of the, to me, this is the best dynamic in the movie, right? Okay. Because this one, like you said, it shows that roller coaster of emotion. It shows, you know what I'm saying, that um, it shows, you know what I'm saying, the jealousy. It shows like a real life dynamic between sisters because you know usually when you see sisters around the same age like and one is you know what i'm saying quote unquote successful while the other one may have like you said stay home like this is something that really happens mm-hmm. like this is something that is happening in my family as we speak so this is to me like this hit home so <laughs> it's funny you know what i'm saying how with lisa you know so like you said she got pregnant you know what i'm saying had kids or whatever the case may be stayed home got married blah 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 you would think that with everything that she has mentally, you would think that she would probably be the happiest out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Cause she's the only one in the family that's married. Mm-hmm. She's the only one in the family with kids. It seemed like, you know what I'm saying? She got, it, it's like, everything is, you know what I'm saying? Great. It's in order. It's moving. And then when you look at Kelly, Kelly is, you know what I'm saying? She out, she's supposed to be modeling and doing all this other stuff. Well, really, like, we don't even know if that's real. Like, it could be a front. You don't know. We just know that she went out and she's doing her thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But she's still coming. <clears throat> she, you know, she's still coming home. She got the nice little car and everything like that. And then you see those two kind of clashing all the time. And I think that Lisa, it's not the fact that she went off to college and she, you know what I'm saying, um, well, it is the fact, actually. You know what I'm saying? She went off to college and, you know what I'm saying, she lived in her life. Because I think Lisa is, at, in that moment, she's kind of not resenting Kelly. I think she's kind of resenting herself. Like, she resenting this marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, she don't want to be tied down, you know what I'm saying, with kids and a, and a husband. She wants to be the one that's out there and living life and going to do things. But in a sense, I feel like she got hurt by Kelly because... You know what I'm saying? And we don't know this for sure because we, you know, we only seen from what we've seen. But to me, it seemed as if, like, you know what I'm saying, they were close, like they was tight. And it seemed like Kelly was like her, you know what I'm saying, like her side, her right hand. So once Kelly left, she lost that partner. She lost that friend. And then now, you know what I'm saying, she kind of feels by herself. She kind of feels like everything is on her because, you know what I'm saying, she helping her mom with the cleaners and all this other stuff. And, you know what I'm saying, she probably feel lonely as shit because Malcolm seemed boring as a motherfucker. Yeah, and I feel what you're saying because the thing is, Lisa, even there was a scene where when 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 Kelly was talking about how she had, you know what I'm saying, slept with Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And um, and she was like, I hope you use condoms. She's like, you don't want to be, you know, sitting around with two kids. You stuck here to raise them. And she's like, yeah. oops, did I say that out loud? And it's like, that's what happened to her. Like, I mm-hmm. think that she ran into Malcolm. I think they were just, you know what I'm saying, smashing or whatever, and then she ended up getting pregnant. And mm-hmm. I think Malcolm just basically married her because she was pregnant. That's, I mean, they never say they that. Like they feel like that's they what happened. Like and so they didn't have, like, this great dynamic. And see, she had that mothering thing because 
people, you also got to understand this about Lisa. And when it comes to Quentin, Quentin is the oldest, but Lisa had to end up really being the oldest because Quentin left. Well, I mean, she's the oldest girl, too. Yeah, so she's the oldest girl. So now she has to take care of mm-hmm. all the all the responsibilities that are now. This is the thing. She might be the oldest. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think she's the oldest girl. I think Quentin was the oldest. Okay. Because the way that well, they the way that they kind of structured the movie, it seemed like, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody looked at him as the leader. But at the same time, like you could tell that she was the one that was holding things down. But then nobody really like looked. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like she just didn't seem like she was the, you know what I mean, the oldest. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it could be that, that that old school dynamic where you would look to the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but yeah. we don't we don't know. Yeah. I mean, who are the oldest? But the the whole point of what I'm saying is she had to, especially when Kelly left. Mm-hmm. So she's basically here. Now she got to take care of Mel. She got to take care of baby. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Make sure Claude is good. Yep. So it, it's kind of like, and then. Even though Joe is around, I think that Lisa just felt resentful towards Kelly because, like you said, Kelly ended up going to Harvard, you know, doing her thing and doing what she wanted to do. And I think that Lisa looked at it like she had a dream, but she had to give up on her dreams. Exactly, and I yeah. think she, I think that she felt that Kelly, I think that she felt that Kelly could have did one or two things. Stayed behind for the simple fact because she stayed behind. Or number mm-hmm. two, at least went to a college to where she didn't have to like leave, leave. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because, and that's that's interesting that you say that. Because I think that if Kelly would have stayed around, let's say she would have went to Stanford or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It it probably wouldn't have been that bad. She went three hundred thousand. I mean, not three hundred, but three thousand miles away to go to school. Mm-hmm. And I think that. She felt that, like you said, I think she felt abandoned. And because the way I look at it is it's probably probably the way that it seems. It seemed like it's Quentin, Lisa, and then Kelly, and then Claude, Mel, and then Baby. That's what it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And I think that she felt that I think she felt abandoned. And then it didn't help. Now, even though she was married and doing her thing because Mel ended up going to college as well. And then when Mel went to college, that's when Joe moved in. But I think that when it comes to baby, I think that the reason he was so accepting of Joe was from the fact that that was really the only father figure he had because it seemed like his dad left pretty much as soon as he was born. I think that he didn't even really spend time with senior like that because Mm -hmm. Even little stuff like when they went to pick out the tree, which was funny because he was like, I like this tree. And, uh, <laughs> Quentin said, seemed like an ugly tree to me. And then, <laughs> then he was like, the baby was like, if Joe with it, I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. like he would defend Joe in times where Quentin was kind of throwing Joe under the bus. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's like, yo, this dude has been here you know, my whole life. So this is the, even mm-hmm. though he called him Joe, I think that he always kind of looked at him as a father, but I think that, figure, yeah. yeah, and I think that the reason he probably always called him Joe was the simple fact of his mama never married him for number one. But I think that then 
Joe didn't move in until Mel went to college. So what that had to be well, this is the thing. They said Mel was in college for like seven years. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, like, goddamn, like mm-hmm. how old are you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the one thing that confused me the most. Is the is, is that it's the ages that these people are supposed to be. That's what throws me off the most. Well, I mean, it could okay, so so what I'm saying, right? Like it it could be because yeah, because I think Baby was still in high school, right? Yeah, he was still in high school. Okay. So I'm thinking that he might be the furthest away from everybody. Well, like, he had to be. Like they but, all could have been like they all could have been like two years apart. Yeah, and Mel could have been because last they could have been four. Because they were saying a joke, but what we don't know if the joke is true or not. What if she, she was, really was, was in college for seven? Nah, years? I know she wasn't in college for seven years, man. Okay, so let's say she was in there for four. So that means yeah. she has to be at least. She might have been like a fifth year senior. Yeah, so she probably so she's probably like what six, about six years older than no. baby. Oh yeah, but, but yeah, that five six. Yeah, around about five six. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, but the whole male thing, <laughs> which is funny, <laughs> yo. The dinner table part was funny, but they was like, they said, uh, they said she always uh, her majors always, but the, but the dude is, mm-hmm. and they was like, they said, yo, what you do? <laughs> that was it. Free law, but it was so funny. They didn't have to clown male like that, man. They didn't have to clown her like that. That was that was fucked up. But it was funny. That was comedy. <laughs> that was comedy. And I like how they did the whole part where where Malcolm was trying to call out dude about him going to uh HBCU because he mm-hmm. went to Princeton or whatever. And like boy, he got to breaking it down. He was like, Man, he said, You sound like the uh oh man, what they call those uh handbooks, what they call them things. Like, a, uh, well, like he he said that he sounded like yeah he was like yeah. he sounded like the brochure and, and he was like you know that's how it got me there and he was like and it's just a, uh, a added bonus that everybody looked like me mm-hmm. that, that that was that was a good that was a good little comeback there because mm-hmm. Malcolm listen dude Malcolm got my nerve tell you so he. <laughs> So the food is already hot, but he want her to put it in the microwave. Not only put it in the microwave, but then want her to, to cut up his food and all this type of shit before he talks. <laughs> Come on. Like, if I was Kelly, even if I was one of the dudes, I mean, Kelly was the only one that expressed anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was just kind of like, you know, whatever. But like, I mean, I probably would be like everybody else too, but I'd be thinking in the back of my head like, yo, are you serious? See, that's the thing. Like, they probably so used to it that at this point, don't nobody give a damn. Like, this is this is why I like this movie so much, bro. Because to me, this is one of the most realistic movies <laughs> that I've ever seen. Because the dynamic between everybody is like that's really how family be. Like the cousin being over there, you know what I'm saying? And he got six seven kids. Yeah, but but the, <laughs> but the crazy part is, is like. He's so he really like one of the other kids. He really yeah. ain't even the cousin. He really just an extra brother. So Mel bringing her boyfriend home, 
you know what I'm saying? And and they all sitting there, you know what I'm saying? They talking, they reminiscing. He come in and everybody, you know what I'm saying? Buck up like, nigga, who's this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like just that little, little small stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, the the beef between Kelly and, and and Malcolm and the you know what I'm saying like it's always that one sister who don't like her sister hood you know what yep. I mean like shit like that or you know what I'm saying vice versa um you know what I'm saying like the the one brother that went out to the military and he finally come back everybody happy to see him you know what I'm saying around the holidays like it's just those things or even the, even the dynamic with Joe and the kids you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like everybody you know what I'm saying everybody knows Joe everybody comfortable with Joe everybody cool with Joe so you know what I'm saying they don't even think twice about it. They you know what I'm saying he basically just like it ain't like oh this our dad. It's just, it's just more so like man yeah Joe always been there. You know what I'm saying like that just like you know what I'm saying the situation with him and baby like baby might look up to him like that but everybody else just like yeah Joe always been around. It's Joe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying but- like so to me this is this is the the dynamics of it all was just like it was super realistic. Man but listen we got to get into Joe man. Joe is a black superhero. Facts. Okay. Um Joe Joe Black, man, um, Deacon, former mm-hmm. ex-military man, so he was able to mm-hmm. work out some kinks there. Niggas anytime the that, yeah, any, <laughs> any look, Joe, and, and then to 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 go in and take care, uh, help take care of what, what six kids? What is it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's three girls, yeah, the three, three boys, girls, six three kids. Boys. You know what I'm saying? And he only had problem with one, mm-hmm. and I get that. He's and really didn't even have problems with him. He really understood him. Yeah, he he understood him, and the thing is, is just how Joe like Joe reminds me of that dad. That's like, like that's just like now. Like one thing I always try, I tell my youngest son because like he 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 be going through these things where I think he be thinking that he's like he's not dumb, but I think he think he's too smart, mm-hmm. and he think he can like outthink me sometimes. Uh, welcome and to the club. I, I don't even think it's that he think it's just that when you a parent. There's just shit that you just know. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't know that until you became one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I'll say something, he would look at me like, damn, you knew that? Like, yeah, I'm your daddy, but I know everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like that was that was the thing with Joe. Joe knew everything. Mm-hmm. Like he, Joe knew there was something up with Mo and Duke. Oh, facts. From the very beginning. Facts. He was like you, you you got some niggas over here we ain't never seen before. We never seen these suits. In you suits, yeah, like Come what on, is man. like like what is it with these dudes? Mm-hmm. And so, like just that dynamic of, and, and then it's the thing, he knew Kelly was sneaking in. Mm-hmm. He was just acting like he was fucking around with them damn lights. He mm-hmm. knew Kelly was sneaking, and then that's the funny part: you a grown ass woman got your own place in New York. Why are you still sneaking in your mama out? Nah, man, that's See, different. Bro. But that's, that's the thing. Bro. When, nah, when, that's, that's different because I'm see, telling you right now, like e- even me is I, I, <laughs> certain times I can't, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you don't play like that. Hey, but I'm I just go here when you come in this house, you better be here before. Da, 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 and that, you trust me, you'll hear it. Hey, but I just thought it was so funny, but it's so realistic, man. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's how it is. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm, about, I'm about to throw my dad under the bus real quick. Oh, no, so so. When I when I moved with my dad, like it was it was a house full of people. My grandma mm-hmm. stayed there, so you know that's how you know I got really really close with my grandmother because I lived in a house with her when I went to stay with my dad. Mm-hmm. And so it used to be so funny because my dad, grown ass man, 
grown ass man. And it's like when my grandma would like come in the room or something, he'll hide his beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, Yo, listen, my, my my mom and my uncles, all them, like we, you know how like you know what I'm saying, they talking there, they cuss like crazy, right? My grandma yeah. come in the room, bro. All that gets all stopped. They cuss about oh sorry, mama. And then you know what I'm saying, give I'll be yep. looking like oh okay, that's how that worked. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that yeah. that respect that respect for your grandmother, dude, mm-hmm. like it is it is so different. It is mm-hmm. so different. Um but the the whole thing because like I thought that one part was was one of the important most important scenes in the movie when when Quentin was getting beat up by Mo and Dude and Joe came in there. Yeah. And Joe used the whole thing of, you know, oh, I call it, like well, this is the thing. So for the people that never seen this movie, so Quentin was into some shit, mm-hmm. got involved with some bookies, owed some people twenty five thousand dollars. Obviously, Quentin didn't have that type of money. Right. And so when Joe walked into the bathroom when Mo and Dude was beating up Quentin, Joe pulls out ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Gives it to him. He was like, "What do you owe y'all? About twenty five thousand. He was like, "Take this ten. Look, y'all boogies. Y'all ain't tough guys." He was like, "Man, just take the money, and we'll we'll just call it a day." And it's just like, and that's that. That goes back to that that father. That how did he know twenty five grand? How did he know y'all done? I told you that nigga was in the streets, man. I'm telling you, Joe Black is a black superhero. Yeah, that listen you. Listen, them old school niggas, man, them niggas did everything, bro. Everything. everything. This nigga, them, them the only niggas I know who could smoke a cigarette and work on cars and not get blown up at the same time. At the same time. Dude, I'm <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? All that. And then if y'all need another example, so then, so Claude, he's AWOL because he knew, he know how his mom is. But not mm-hmm. only his mom, but him marrying Sandy, he wanted to be the whole surprise the brain said on talk about that too. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into I that. I got I got a I got I got a question that only you can answer right now. <laughs> so so he is in the military and he left, you know, without getting an approved leave. His uh mm-hmm. his leave got denied, but he mm-hmm. went he went and took it anyway. And so when he got locked up for pulling the gun on a dude and on uh, some dudes in the club. Because they was going, you know, talking shit about his girl or whatnot, but they was also mm-hmm. throwing him under the bus. So they was being a little flagrant. He pulled a gun out on him, and so he ended up getting arrested for the gun thing. But then once he got arrested, the whole military stepped in because he's AWOL. Right. So Madea talked to Joe like, yo, is there any way I can see him before he go? Military ain't doing that shit. Like, you going straight back. But Joe, Joe being Joe, Joe able to get to get Claude to come home for a day. Mm-hmm. They have their Christmas dinner and all that type shit. So then he goes back and deal with the consequences after that. Only a black superhero like Joe Black can do that. I told you, man. Like you said, niggas in the military, niggas in the streets, nigga fix cars. He can fix all the repairs <laughs> in the house. He, he, he do everything, man. He's the old school black man, bro. Okay, um, and, and before we get there though, and then okay. also another reason why he's a superhero. <clears throat> To be around for as long as he was, help her take care of six kids, mm-hmm. never pressure her for marriage, and then would always take his clothes out of the house, 
for the respect of the kids because it was really for Quentin. I yeah, think the reason the reason why she would have Joe every Christmas take his stuff out of there like he didn't live there since um since Mel went to college was because mm-hmm. if Quentin came home it would it would piss him off that Joe lived there. For Joe to to take that to the chin every year for Christmas and also be fine with saying yo I, I love having a, a Whitfield Christmas. You know what I'm saying? His name Joe Black. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like for him to be grown enough to be like, oh, well, why can't we call it a black Christmas? Why it gotta right. be a Whitfield Christmas? You know, I think, look, some people, that bothers some people. There are some people that are like that. That's mm-hmm. why Joe's a black superhero. But you can yeah. go where he was headed. Right. So, um, Claude, man, you know what I'm saying? My man went AWOL, come home Christmas, um, got a girl, you know what I'm saying? Got her pregnant. Well, he didn't know she was pregnant. Well, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but got a girl. He ain't tell the mama yet. You know what I'm saying? It's the yeah. first time. This the safest time, probably. You know what I'm saying to bring yeah. her home. Um, you know what I'm saying? She come in. Everybody confused. You know, they asking what she need help with. You know what I'm saying? The mama like, hey, what's going on? It's a white girl. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> this being a, a older black woman, um. I was surprised that she took it the way she did. Cause she was very inviting. Um, uh, well, I I got some experience in this. Th- yeah, that's what I'm about but, to ask you. You, you all, haven't been in that situation. Was that dynamic the same for you? I mean, it was. Um, okay. But also, even when it came to my grandmother, like my cousin, like my cousin Mike, he he brought a whole bunch of white girls to the house. Oh yeah, see that's yeah, right. but she used to it by then, and that's different. yeah. Well, well, my grandma, uh, she did, she did, she did. Um, me, I don't know what I'm gonna think about, but like, the thing is, like, a lot of the times, it's it's like that, and even even in her situation, it's like that. Like a lot of the times, it don't oh, matter no, what I'm, you do. Also, on her side, it's different. Yeah, yeah, like it don't matter what you do. Like mm-hmm. I remember, like Uncle Washington, you know, what I'm saying rest in peace to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he he will always bring this movie up, uh, a Sydney Poitier movie. Look who's coming to dinner. And yeah, they uh they remade it with um Bernie Mac, Ashton Kutcher, and uh, Zoe Saldana. So they were just like this dude is a se- a successful doctor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying it don't matter. You can have He's a profession, a but you you ain't white. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like even though Claude is a decorated military man, like family don't care. Like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't the skin color we want you to be. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with that personally. So it's like that dynamic, it, it would have it would have went down around the same way. Like it yeah. it was never like it, even though, you know what I'm saying, they might have felt a different way. But like I think that for the betterment of the family, I just think that it's just like, all right, we're gonna we gonna just roll with it because I never like I said, I never had it on my side. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's always been a situation where, you know, everybody was accepted, people felt accepted. Like there was a lot of times where, you know what I'm saying, Christmas came around, there was the only white person in there. Yeah. <laughs> but the one that I brought. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I mean, now, 
this this was brought up during the movie um, when I was watching it, and they were just like, man, like they don't even know, and they dead accepting. It's just like at the end of the day, it's it's like I think you, I think that that shows character. Yep. I think that if if you if you would have been like I think like what Baby was doing, I think he was being funny because mm-hmm. I think he thought the whole thing was hilarious. Right. So, but I don't think he had a he didn't have a problem with it. I just think that he thought no, no. And see, that's why that's why that's why I said I was so surprised that she was so accepting because even his reaction to it, you could kind of tell. Even he thought the same thing. Like, oh shit, what's she gonna say? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and and being being in that that's what I'm saying. That dynamic. And this is once again me saying that this movie was so realistic is because. At in that moment, I'm sure I'm not the only one that felt like it, and I know a bunch of people felt like it watching that scene. Like everybody in their head was thinking, like, "Oh shit, what's she gonna, what's she gonna say?" Because this ain't something that's just in my household. Like, this is something that's amongst all black holes, um, black households around the nation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a common, this is a common black thing in the culture. Like I've heard it multiple times where you know what I'm saying. The mom told her son, like, you know, don't bring no. White woman, you know what I mean? Dude, like it happened to me. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So like, I I've mean, been told that as well. But I'm just saying, like, it, it, in in it's in jest. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a joke. But at the same time, like that joke is really rooted in something deeper than you know what I'm saying. Like playing around. But that's why I was saying, like, with with that movie, I thought that they took a great spin on it with making her so acceptable, even though you know her reaction was genuine, it was still more so like in the back of her mind, she was like, I know this nigga ain't gonna like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you felt you could you could feel that energy, you know what I'm saying, as she was doing it. So I just thought that was funny, you know what I'm saying, the way that they played that out. And I thought it'd be cool, you know what I'm saying, to, to get your perspective of it too, seeing how, you know what I'm saying, you was in that situation. Yeah, because even even Lisa like uh like when Lisa first walked in and they was like so they they go up to uh Medea and like what, like what's up with Claude? They was like, well the the club owner is dropping the charges. She was like, mm-hmm. well, well Claude, a wall. And then she's like, uh, she's like a wall, you know all this type of shit. And so then they was like, uh, so she said that this is funny because Claude never been in trouble before. And she mm-hmm. was like, and who are you? And she was like, that's she was like that's Sandy, Claude's wife. And then she was like, that's not funny. She was like, it's not, but I'm gonna keep drinking. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, all right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But like it was, but only male could be the one to I I, I think that bomb dudes knew mm-hmm. male is gonna be the one that could relate to this the most. Mm-hmm. You get her room ready. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because I think that if it would have been Lisa or Kelly. It would have been a little different. That big, and I, sister, that big sister role play in play a factor, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Her, especially especially with Lisa, her having you know what I'm saying, kind of been like the second mom to them. She definitely would have it. All that would have been a totally different situation. Yeah, it would have been different, and I think that Mel was a perfect one mm-hmm. to uh to get her situated upstairs and all this type stuff. Um, but I. Hey, who 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 didn't we touch? I felt like we touched everybody. Did we touch everybody? I mean, yeah, we got baby, you know what I'm saying, with him wanting to do the music. Um Claude, we got oh. Clinton. Okay, we got so hold on, hold on, on right quick. Kelly? Hold on right quick. 
All right, so my favorite part of this whole movie, mm-hmm. right? And 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 I, you know, what I'm saying when it was coming, I had to start shushing people. Like, Everybody, be quiet. This is my part. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they when they went when they went to church, and so okay, okay, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. What am what am I doing? We'll get to my favorite part here in a second. Okay. So Malcolm dips out, says he has to sign some papers. Mm-hmm. So. Malcolm actually went to New York, you know what I'm saying? And he's working on this deal with this girl. So apparently he was planning on leaving uh Lisa. Mm-hmm. But you know, he just ain't got to that point yet. So Lisa and Kelly finally get to that conversation that they've been needing to have. And she's like, He's cheating on you, Lisa. And she was like, I know. And she was like, You do? Is you like I mean, I'm not stupid, and she was just like, but I'm this age, I, you know, I don't want to start over, nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. Kelly brought up a good point, she was like, man, people do it every day, nah, nah, all this type of shit, so they get into a fight, so she crashed Malcolm's car into the uh, into the L.A. River, and she's just like, yo, I'm finally done with this shit, but I think that that was that breakthrough that she needed with her sister, yeah. because I think that that really got them back to being as tight as they was when they was growing up. I think they realized some shit too. Yeah, exactly. So, and so I think that that was a a breakthrough, especially in the film. Okay. So now Malcolm comes back and she's like, (laughs) Hey, she's like, uh, won't you go watch that, uh, that flight off? You know, we're going to get into it. I missed you. Now I'll say shit. So she going to her mom and she's like, yo, you got some baby yard? She was like, yeah, right there in the drawer. She said, I got a new bottle. She was like, I'm going to need the whole thing. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> so she go in there and uh, Malcolm like, yo, I don't see the, he said, I don't see the Escalade. Where's that? She said, it's in the LA river. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> she was like, it's in the LA river. It's like, man, what is this girl talking about? And so, uh, so he get out the shower, sliding all over the place. She whooping his ass, telling belt, him to get bro. the fuck up out of here with the belt. But you can hear it. But I had, hey, that's not fun. I don't got whooped coming out the shower. Nigga, you got a no a hot ass shower. You done Dude. got out. You done slipped and fell and busted your shit, and she busting that motherfucker and whoop your ass. Then you in a house full of her brothers and cousins. Yeah, yeah, and nobody heard that. That, no, that was they, the one part. That was now. That was the only part where I was like, "Nigga, that wasn't even that went down like that." Like nobody bust in. Like, that, come on, no, he'd have got beat up <laughs> coming out that <laughs> motherfucker by all the niggas, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, Claude wasn't there. Claude was still in jail. Well, yeah, but still, and the cousin Quentin was there. What? The cousin was there. What? Quint was there. Well, we don't know who was. And well, well, no, Quentin wasn't. Quentin had left, remember? Quentin oh, left right, he came back later. He came back later. Yeah. So, well, shit, so Joe was there. Well, you, you know, Joe, Joe probably old school. Like, y'all handle that on y'all. Joe got a shotgun. Shot <laughs> <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, Kelly, Kelly and Lisa sitting there. They're having that conversation about, you know, Malcolm left. And she was like, I'm happy for you. No, no, no. All this type of stuff. I love you. Boom, boom, boom. So they go to church. Mm-hmm. And I try to tell you, oh, holy, this is the best that's ever been sung. It is just, that's like, it's, it's just great. Okay. It's just great. So at mm-hmm. the same time, 
uh, while they're at church, you see Quentin, and you see, you can't tell if he's on a bus, if he's in the train, you can't really tell, but you just see Quentin. He's mm-hmm. heading somewhere. We don't know where he's headed, but he's heading somewhere. And so then you see Claude getting dressed. He's getting out of jail on Christmas, which is not happening in real life. But, okay, you did it for the movie. I ain't mm-hmm. mad at it. And But that must be Joe again. <laughs> it's like they're not letting nobody out on mm-hmm. no motherfucking Christmas Day. So that's a whole other thing. So anyway, so while that's going on, uh, so that happens. So then the deacon... Joe Black uh, brings up, uh, you know, Michael Whitfield. He comes up, he sings this Christmas, and then the perfect time for Claude to come back in. Claude mm-hmm. comes in, all this type shit. Okay, so then the whole big celebration where everybody starts shaking hands, boom, 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 so they go to having dinner. Now, they're sitting there eating, and then all of a sudden, Quentin walks in because we all thought Quentin was gone. She didn't know when she was gonna see him again, mm-hmm. and I thought that this part was very powerful. This this, this was one of the parts with it almost got me. It didn't get me. You know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, yeah. but you know, but you know, little shit like this be getting me. So Joe, Joe is you know he's happy for everybody, and so Joe is like you know I'm gonna step aside. I'm gonna sit here on the side, and Quentin's like Nah, Joe, you you sit at the head of the table. Mm-hmm. Like, you sit here, and and like. That is a powerful scene in the movie because it's like yeah, he it never showed Joe any respect. Like throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie, he's throwing subliminals at Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? They had a conversation in the garage. He asked Joe, yo, what you doing? He was like, I'm just getting these lights when he was really trying to get some of his clothes. But yeah. he just had to act like he was getting these lights. And so he was just like, you know, telling Joe he ain't working and all this shit. So I think that. When when he finally got on that train and he realized what Joe really meant to him, like throughout these mm-hmm. years, like I've been giving this dude hell all mm-hmm. these years because I've been waiting and expecting for my dad to come back, and my dad right. never came back. But Joe was always here. Joe even remembered when these dudes was fucking with me in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think it finally hit him like this is a good dude, and I'm treating him like shit. And yeah. You know, for him to have him stay at the head of the table, and so then, and that that part specifically is 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 a powerful scene. I mean, it makes the scene even more powerful because of what the head of the table, you know, what I'm saying, symbolizes. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, so, <laughs> all right, I got I got to throw under the bus story too. Um, so at my grandmother's house, right. Mm-hmm. I used to like sit at the head of the table. Okay. Like at a young age. <laughs> like I was like, no, it was real shit. Yeah, but like, you but you lost your dad though. Yeah, and yeah, my grandpa. But my uncle is still alive. Okay. So <laughs> like he would, <laughs> he would he would never get that seat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand that dynamic of sitting at the head of the table. Like and being young, you don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. being young, it's kind of it's it it's you don't you know you it ain't nothing you really care about. But as I got older, you know what I'm saying, having my own family and you know having my own table to sit at, then like you know what I'm saying, looking back on it, I'm like, oh shit, like you know what I'm saying. I never thought about you know what I'm saying, like how that type of shit made him feel because you know what I'm saying, like at at the time I didn't care, but it's like 
know what I'm saying? Seeing that and then like being in that position, it's kind of odd now because it's like, damn, like, yo, I've been sitting in that motherfucker since I was like 12. So I definitely get it. I definitely get it. that. That's what I said. It made to me that made the scene that much more powerful. It, it really did. And, and so then Medea, she gives a speech and she just says the whole thing of, you know, different Christmases bring different things. She was like, I mm-hmm. lost a son-in-law, thank God, but I gained <laughs> a, 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 a daughter-in-law mm-hmm. and all this type of stuff. And so then Quentin's like, you know, I want to say something. I want to give a toast to Joe Black. And it was just like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like, that was the that was the thing that needed to happen with him being the oldest, with him having his dad's name for him. Mm-hmm. I think that was for because it, it seemed like everybody accepted Joe except him. And like yeah. for him to do that in front of everybody, I think that that changed the whole dynamic of Joe. And mm-hmm. I think that even changed the dynamic with Medill because Medill and her. I mean, was it a, was she the nanny? I don't know. I don't want to call her the nanny, but, um, I mean, I guess that's the what she lady that was. was. Yeah, the uh, I thought she was just like a family friend. I mean, but she only was in the kitchen. Yeah, Every nigga, time that's we what saw family friends was... do. Okay, family. About? Okay, well, call her family friend. Then. You so ain't, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't you ain't never just like snuck in the kitchen to go grab something before the food was done, and like your grandma friend or like somebody being there and they all just be cooking. Man, look, I I thought that she worked for them. Nah, 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 nah. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, to me, it, she just seemed like a family friend. Like, because, like, like, my mom got friends like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we'd be having a party or some shit. They all just be over there, and they all just be in the kitchen just doing shit. Well, well we'll call her family friend. Then. Yeah. So, so she was talking to her, and she was like, when are you going to tell the kids that, you know, you and senior are divorced? And she was like, it's not a good time. Because you know Quentin's home for the first time in four years, just like yeah, but it's never a good time. Mm-hmm. And so then we got to go back to baby when baby had the conversation with her about him wanting to sing and how he couldn't talk to her about stuff. He brought up the fact of we always thought you didn't marry Joe because of us, but you really didn't marry Joe because of you. Mm-hmm. I think it was that, and it was Quentin. I think that she was so caught up in her oldest child to where she wouldn't even marry Joe for the simple fact. I think that with that scene happening the way that it did, if like if it was ever like a sequel, which it won't be, but like I think that her and Joe would be married. I think that that was like the old, like that was like the okay for her to like marry Joe Black. I don't think that I don't think it's that simple though. I think it's not just Quentin. You know what I'm saying? Not just. You know what I'm saying, Quentin Senior. I think it's the perception of it all. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you got to remember, like in this movie, she's playing like a old school, um, a old school mother. You know what I'm saying? Old school black mother at that. Like I remember at one point in time, like my grandma had a friend, quote unquote, and then like my uncle didn't like him. You know what I'm saying? But like my auntie was cool with him or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Like to them, the dynamic was weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else, it was just like, oh yeah, that's just grandma friend. Like we knew, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's, that's just grandma friend. Like uh, fuck that nigga. He give us money. That's <laughs> cool. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that type of shit. So you know what I'm saying? Like I I get it. 
but I think it's just the it, it's a it's an image as well. You know what I'm saying? Like it's an image thing as well because you don't want to be the the lady that was married, you know what I'm saying, got divorced and then get married again, you know what I'm saying, to this man. So I think, you know what I'm saying, like back in the day, that was just something that was frowned upon. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to have multiple marriages and shit, I guess, around that time, it, it just seemed as if it was frowned upon. So I think it was it was an image thing as well. She just didn't want to seem like, a, a, I guess, a hussy. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable, understandable. <clears throat> and, uh, real quick, uh, when it comes to Kelly, Kelly, and um, Makai Pfeiffer. Ger- yeah, Gerald. Like, cause she, she. It was just so funny that they were supposed to go out for drinks. Like they, uh, you know, say he smashed. Um, then they were supposed to go out again, and a whole bunch of shit that happened with her and Lisa. So she never mm-hmm. went, uh, went to go meet him. And all he had to do was tell the story about when they was in high school. She was late for class. She mm-hmm. dropped all of her books. He had to pick up her books, and she never turned around. And she exactly. was like, "Oh my God, that was you. You remember that?" But he, but she didn't even give him nothing. Like they just basically laid in the bed together. But like that whole dynamic of like Kelly finally finding he love. He ended up smacking though. I mean, yeah, he did. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I I just think that any. A lot of movies give you that storybook ending, and you like, here we go with this again. Mm-hmm. I felt like this one was the most, not generic, but it it was the most like believable. It was like, mm-hmm. I felt like sometimes they be stretching like in these movies to give it that storybook ending. It's like yeah. this one made sense. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't like so out of bounds for shit to go the way that it went. He ain't, yeah, like he ain't stay over and then she ain't introduce him as the boyfriend and all that. It was just like, okay, my man ducked out, you know what I'm saying? My man cheesing all hard. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They finally get to it and for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, man, this 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 is just, it's just a dope-ass movie. Uh, I, I just feel like especially when it comes to movies like around the holidays, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the things that that some because like it, it seemed like everybody was really all over the map. We don't know where Claude was stationed, so that's yeah. one thing. Um, this movie's based in L.A. You got, you got. I think the closest person, I mean, because Baby was still you know living there, mm-hmm. but the closest person was uh was Lisa, and she stayed in San Francisco. Right. And then you got Mel. She's all the way in Atlanta. You got mm-hmm. Lisa all the way in New York. Quentin is everywhere. And, but the one common thing is Mama's house. Yeah. Everybody found their way back, and Claude was willing to, you know, leave without leave mm-hmm. to make sure because because Claude and and uh, Quentin had a little altercation where he was like, "Dude, why would you leave? You you didn't get approved for it." And he was just like, "Dude, you don't know her. Like you don't mm-hmm. know what he was really talking about. I, he, he was talking about his mama, but he also was talking about Sandy." Yeah. And I think that he felt that this situation would go a lot smoother if it happened for Christmas. So right. I don't know, man. It's, this this is just a, a dope ass fucking movie, man. Yeah, it was. You ready for the fire flames, bro? Let's do it. All right, man. Let's get into it. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. All right, so man, um, <clears throat> excuse me for anybody who's new to the episode. I mean, new to the show. 
Um, Fire Flames is where we rate the movie or television show that we are reviewing, one to five. One being the worst, five being the best, and we use the flame emoji. You too can send us the rating on our socials. Let us know what you think um, about the movie or TV show. And then um, let us know what episode it is as well. You can hashtag it or you can, um, you know, say just put it in there and then put how many fire flames uh, you think it is. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I take this one first, man. Great cast. Great story. Um, this was heartfelt. To me, this is one of the best Christmas movies um, made. You know what I'm saying? It gives you, once again, like I said, it gives you that feeling, you know what I'm saying, of not just this, you know what I'm saying, Christmas miracle movie, but it's a real movie. You know what I'm saying? It seems like a real movie about real things that can possibly happen and some real things that actually do happen. Um, and... You know what I'm saying? It it basically has a it's like a great redemption movie at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Everybody coming together, everybody still got love for each other, things get reconciled. You know what I'm saying? Chris Brown is able to sing. Um so for me, I'm going I'm gonna go five. Man, listen. I'm right there with you. This is a this is a this is a five man. Uh, yeah, man. This is a this is a five man. The cast was phenomenal. The writing was phenomenal. Um, it it the only thing I don't like about this movie, uh, and I don't think we said this two thousand seven. Uh, the only thing I don't like about this movie is just I just felt like it didn't get the 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 proper. The number one it didn't get the proper rating. It didn't get the proper like, dude. You know, I am yeah. Acknowledge me. Yeah. You know, IMDb is a six point three. Like, I'm not here. surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, but it's a, it's, it's a it's a black movie where something good happens. I'm definitely not surprised. But uh, yeah, I'm. I I just hated it didn't get what it was supposed to get. But I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna give it a five, man, because it's just. It's it's a complete classic. It's something that I feel that everybody needs to see because if if you want to if you want to know what a a realistic type of situation is like around this time, mm-hmm. and like everybody having the things that they have that's going on at the time, this is what you need to see. This is the for one. sure. And and not only that, man. That's another thing that we didn't really add in and talk about either. But this is a this is a, a a black movie with a black cast, and niggas ain't on dope, niggas ain't robbing yep. people, niggas ain't shooting guns. You know well, what I'm saying? Niggas you had Mo games. and Dude though. Hmm. Yeah, Mo and Dude. But the, even that wasn't that was like a, a super watered down version. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it wasn't like. They was, you know what I'm saying? Like they ain't had this nigga hand in vice grips and shit like that. Like they just beat the nigga up. You know what I mean? Like even when they got into the house, you know what I'm saying? They was welcome. They ate a little bit of food. These them niggas spent the night. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, this is such a wholesome movie, bro. Like, it, it's so good to see a movie like this, bro, where we actually get put in a good light. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that two niggas out of nowhere, though nobody in the house know him but you can spend the night at your mama's house, eat, everybody be cool with him, and these niggas really want to knock your head off. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm talking about, bro. Like, just yeah. just that, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a realistic dynamic. Like, how many times, you know what I'm saying? Like, your friend from, you know what I'm saying, college came over or something like that. And then, you know what I'm saying? Everybody like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? I ain't never met this nigga day in your life. Just, hey, man, what's going on? Like, bro, that's that's really how it be. You know what I'm saying? When we be having get-togethers and functions and stuff, that's really how it is. Like, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you coming home, you know what I'm saying? You got a couple friends like, man, yeah, y'all y'all come to my crib for Christmas. Y'all come to my crib, thank you. And then, you know what I'm saying? It's just like they at home. You know what I'm saying? They, they welcome just like they family, so... You know, so I, I thought that that was super dope. That they also even showed that dynamic. You know, what I'm saying and like, and then not only that, just being able to see our culture. You know, what I'm saying without all the shenanigans. Yeah. I thought that was, you know, what I'm saying that was a dope thing to add, man. Um, but let's do coming soon, man. All right. Coming soon. Coming soon. So, um, Friday, man, we got a good one. Another knee slapper for me. Um, I don't know if you've seen this yet. Have you seen this yet? I've never seen this. This shit is going to be hilarious, bro. Um, we doing Fred Claus, man. Shout out to Vince Vaughn, star of the movie. Um, this is, this is a good one, bro. I'm just being honest with you. This shit, this shit is hilarious. You know what I'm saying? This is one that... <laughs> This is one that is going to be um it's it's different. Just know that it's different. It's funny, is it, it and what makes it so funny is because this nigga is supposed to be Santa Claus's brother. <laughs> so <laughs> just get ready, bro. It's trust me, you gonna you gonna laugh your ass off, man. Yeah, I'm look, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, for some odd reason, I had this one mixed up with uh with the one that Tim Allen did. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This one is um just <laughs> just know like you know Vince Vaughn. Yeah, so just, yeah. Just imagine that nigga in the North Pole. <laughs> hey, that is that's gotta be awesome. I don't yeah. know why I thought because I think the one with Tim Allen in it, I think that was just called Santa Claus. Yeah, that was called Dust Santa Claus. Yeah, see that's that's yeah. what okay. Yeah. Well, I this, is, now. this is Fred Claus. Okay, yeah. I'm ready yeah. for this one there. So yeah, man, Fred Claus, we doing that Friday. Um, yeah, we got a uh, a couple more left, man, before the new year. Super excited. Got some stuff in the works for y'all. So um, y'all just stay tuned. See you guys Friday. Um, make sure you follow all of our social media. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at Viewer Nine Pod. You can catch us on Facebook at the VA Pod Watch Group. You can um also. Hit us in the DMs. Let us know the movies. You know what I'm saying? The television shows you would like to hear us review. Um, with me, you can catch me on Twitter at Scoops Bronson. Uh, check me out on Twitch um, at twitch.tv slash Scoops Bronson. Last week, um, Saturday night, I did my uh, my monthly sip and shoot where I get drunk and play Call of Duty. It was fun. Uh, I think <laughs> I was on there for like three hours. You know what I'm saying? So that was dope. Um, and then also, man, um, like I said, I sold my first NFT today. I got a lot more coming. I'm actually about to go work on uh, a few more right uh, after we get done recording this. And then, um, check me out, man. Hit me up on Twitter at Scoots Bronson. You know what I'm saying? I can, um, I can send you my links. You can definitely go there and check them out if you want to purchase some, or, you know what I'm saying? If you just 
want a little bit of information on them or anything like that, hit me up, man. I'm always willing to share some gems. Yes, sir. Uh, find me at uh, s.foster8. That's Instagram and Twitter at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. That's on IG. The last episode put out was the one man you did together, uh, the mm-hmm. top 10 albums that was fun, of uh, 2021. Yes, yes, man. We uh, put together two great separate lists on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of diversity. I think we only had what, three, three in common, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's a lot of different music that you can catch up on. So uh, go check out that episode on all major platforms. For sure, man. Um, And see you guys Friday once again. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And um, like they say in Hollywood, man, that is a wrap. Cut.